0: Welcome to the podcast where we talk to guests about moments in their lives they'll never forget. This is Backstory with Steve Legg.
1: It is fabulous to have you with me today on the new show where I bring together an incredible array of stars of stage and screen, stand-up comedy, writers and artists, leaders and entrepreneurs to chat about the five significant times in their lives they'll never forget. It's great to have you with us. And on today's show, we've got the brilliant Deborah Green, OBE, the National Director and Founder of Redeeming Our Communities, founded in 2004. Deborah's passion is bringing organisations together towards the goal of social transformation, starting with her home city of Manchester. Since 2003, this work has expanded and she has acted as a consultant to many other towns and cities with significant results. She's also one of the funnest people to hang out with and one of our dearest friends. We've often shared a glass of Pinot Grigio together and even a cheeky Prosecco on special occasions. Deborah, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks for being here we're going crazy here
0: (laughs) hello what a great intro thanks steve
1: (laughs) well you're a very special person you really are one of our best friends in all the world so deborah um the concept of the podcast is five memories five Hmm. significant times in your life you'll never forget including one embarrassing occasion you'd love to wipe from the memory banks altogether, if at all possible so let's kick off with your first one please
0: Well, you kindly said I was Deborah Green OBE. So my first one is the winning of that award, really, um, which was back in 2012. And one day I was just having a cup of tea in bed in the morning. I'd just woken up and uh, Frank, my husband, came upstairs with a letter with the Buckingham Palace seal. Um, To be honest, my first first thought was I've done something wrong and <laughs> somebody's trying to track me down. Um, that's the way my mind works. Um, but when I opened it, it said that I was going to be receiving um, the OBE um, yeah. in the Queen's birthday honours list. I wasn't allowed to tell anybody, which if you can imagine is oh, yeah. quite difficult, obviously frank <laughs> um, and And the, the, the first thought I had was, I want. I didn't really know a lot about what an OBE was and was certainly wasn't expecting to win an award. But I thought of my mum because before she died she said to me, Deborah, one day you're going to receive an OBE and it was just so precious that I could think of her on that time, on that on that, you know, that that she'd she obviously had seen that in me for mm-hmm. the work that I did for uh, well, it was for services to community cohesion, so it was the work that I did for Rock that was being recognised and, of course, the wonderful volunteers that we had. Uh, On the day we could tell people, we gathered our kids around, our four kids, in our house, and we had a bottle of champagne and we said you know, we've got some news for you. And one (laughs) of my kids said, you're not pregnant, are you? (laughs) (laughs) It's just really funny as (laughs) I know. So off we went. And one of the difficult things about it was that you're only allowed to take three people. Mm. And, you know, I've got four kids. I've got a husband. and I obviously wanted to take my dad in memory of my mum. So it was my dad, Frank, and one of our kids. Becky that went along went to Buckingham Palace and received the award. Uh, you queue up for a long time and you, you get your moment of uh, glory and fame when you get presented with it. It was just it was just a wonderful it's just a wonderful memory.
1: Do you remember your conversation? Was it with Her Majesty the Queen?
0: Actually, it was Prince Charles. Uh, Her Majesty the Queen was was not very well on that day, and he was deputising for her so I did really want to meet the Queen but you only get a few seconds because there's a there's a number of others who um, who are receiving awards Um, but it's just it has opened a lot of doors up for for the charity work actually so it's an amazing amazing memory this is the Backstory Podcast with Steve Legg and friends
1: so here we are, Steve Leg, with my dear friend, Deborah Green. You mentioned Frank. We love Frank. Funtime Frankie, your husband. Yeah. Do, do you remember your first date? Can we take you that far back? That's why that's, that sounds so yes. insulting.
0: It's very insulting, but it's very true. It's a long way back because I'm, I met Frank. I started going out with Frank when I was 15. So it was years before we got married. Um, and our first date was, so so romantic, um, <laughs> as you can see, an element of sarcasm in the way I spoke then. So I had to go and meet him at the snooker hall in Stockport. <laughs> oh, he's such a smoothie, uh, which isn't didn't he? Didn't even admit. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> lasted the old romantic Frank, and he, he didn't even admit women. So I had to wait outside, and then we, uh, six of us, squeezed into a mini, his friend's car, and we went off to watch Manchester City. Uh, so it's, this gets better it. and better. This sounds like a perfect date
1: for a man. Uh,
0: uh, perfect date for him. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as City were playing, I've, I am a City supporter, but I'm not as enthusiastic about football as is. And <laughs> um, City were playing Tottenham and they, as soon as City scored the first goal, Frank just turned to me and gave me a kiss. And the score was 4-0. So <laughs> I had four kisses on my first date. And um, then we went off to watch cabaret at the cinema. And then we went to finish it all off at the Little Chef. Oh, man, what a day. <laughs> In those days, I don't think you had a clue about restaurants really. or And there wasn't anything like, you know, the choice that you have now. you. So we drove miles to go to this little chef and then squeezed back in this mini and back, back home. So that was my romantic first date.
1: That is quite a memory. So were you smitten straight away?
0: Yeah, I was. And and he was. And we had a few rocky rides after that, trying to work things out like you do. But yeah, so oh, that's very lovely. nice.
1: We like that. So take us on to memory three then, um, your wedding day.
0: Yeah, wedding day. So seven years after that first date, we made it up the aisle. Um, we back in the back in the day. Shortly after I got married, I became a Christian. So neither of us were Christians when we got married, and we, but we did get married in a church. And we all gathered in the church to say our vows. And suddenly, as we were singing a hymn, which was the Lord's my shepherd, son's third psalm, just the hymn that I'd chosen, I happened to know when we were putting the service together. Um, the the pre- Well, it was like a spiritual presence turned up in the church. And I didn't really know what it was, but we knew it wasn't, you know, I knew it was the presence of God, no. or however I would have described it back then. And then on the way to the honeymoon, Frank said to me, Did you feel something during the service? And we started to talk about it. And it turned out we both had that same wow. feeling and experience. And then we spoke to our best man, hit Frank's best man, who was an atheist, and he said he'd felt it as well. And we said, Look, you don't even believe in God and he <laughs> said, No, but there was a there was a spiritual presence in the in the in the place. And Six, that's what led me to becoming a Christian, really, because I couldn't shake that experience off. So we really experienced God's presence not for the first time on our wedding day.
1: Wow, that's amazing. and that led
0: on to to me making a decision to uh, you know follow Christ as part of what's what's you know what's really made a massive difference to the rest of my life, and Frank Frank did the same.
1: Wow. Please tell me, Deborah, the reception was that little chef. <laughs> <laughs> for all times' sake, was it?
0: No, no, it wasn't the little chef. They couldn't have accommodated us all. <laughs> no, we 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 went off to a hotel in Bollington, which we actually revisited the other day. We went for a group on meal oh, at the same hotel. <laughs> <laughs> we we live the high life, you know, Frank you and I. Just, don't you just <laughs> You're listening to the Backstory Podcast with Steve Legg and friends. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the memories.
1: This is great fun, Deborah. I've known you for years, but I'd never heard about that on your wedding day. That sounds incredibly powerful and that moment changed your life significantly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll never forget that. Wow. Tell us about
1: the Royal Family, because you have not just met Prince Charles. You've met the lot. In fact, we're expecting to see you in Series <laughs> 4 of The Crown. I'm not sure who's <laughs> going to play you.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. This is where I get a chance to really boast about not only having met one member of the Royal Family, but a number of members of the Royal Family. I've met the Queen, um, went, went to Buckingham Park, Palace Garden Party when we received the Queen's Award for Voluntary Service of Rock. Then uh, I met Princess Anne, who came to visit our Fuse headquarters when we were celebrating five years of our work in restorative justice. Because Princess Anne is the patron of restorative justice um, nationally, or was that was a few years ago? came to visit us at the Fuse with all her security guards and I landed in a helicopter on the field at the back of our premises and then was whisked off afterwards. Um, quite a funny story, actually, because um, I was in the lineup to receive her as she arrived and uh, had it all planned what I was going to say. And you know me, I'm not short <laughs> of words. I'm not exactly shy. But when she got to me, I completely froze and oh, I couldn't well. say anything at all. <laughs> Probably the only time in my life that oh, ever happened. <laughs> well, it is nerve
1: wracking, isn't it? Because all these things you can do and you can't do and you, you can't instigate conversations yeah. and it's mam as in ham, not mom as in farm, isn't it? And you're saying this
0: Yeah, over you've, ha- your you've head got and- <laughs> all the protocol and everything and... We'd had the, you know, we'd had the sniffer dogs the day before to make sure we haven't got any, you know, drugs or <laughs> weapons on the premises. And by the time you've gone through all of that, it was such a big operation that I completely was lost for words when she <laughs> when she got me in the line. Um, and then probably the the icing on the cake is that um, I've met Megan and Harry and was invited to go to their web- wedding at, Windsor Castle. Oh, really? And took two of my daughters, Sarah and Rebecca, and of course, that's a funny story as well because, as some of folks might know, my daughter Sarah is um, Meghan Markle (laughs) lookalike. So off we go to the wedding, (laughs) and all the paparazzi were there, obviously for Meghan, but also paparazzi were there to take photos of sarah who looks like megan so we we went off to the to the royal wedding it was wonderful steve leg brings you the best podcast every single month it's so great he's a great guy no one knows more about great podcasts than me the features the interviews even the adverts it's a great show fantastic enjoy the show You're listening to the Backstory Podcast with Steve Legg and friends. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the memories.
1: And we are enjoying these memories today from my friend, Deborah Green. Deborah, these have been fabulous memories. But on the show, we ask for one embarrassing occasion. You'd love to wipe from the memory banks altogether. (laughs) If you're anything like me, you'll have thousands. I'm looking forward to hearing yours.
0: Yes. Well, um, I had to think through which memory I was able to share. Really, <laughs> there <are> so many, <laughs> um, you know, which which was just sort of uh, not going to be censored. <laughs> um, so, um, there are folks that know me really well, and Frank in particular, who keeps a little um, booklet of my faux pas. Really, the things that I will tend to say from a platform, usually in front of thousands of people where it it just makes everybody laugh. And sometimes I'm not even aware that I've done it. And he says he's going to produce a book of all of these little sayings of mine. Um, Anyway, I was leading. um, I'm part of a a big church in Manchester. And uh, every now and again, we get all of our congregations together for like a really big celebration. And we'd hired Whidenshaw Forum and I was leading the service and we had, you know, a thousand or so people there. And I love leading services and, you know, quite happy and comfortable in that role. And I'm leading this service and it came to a point where I wanted to get people to sort of mingle a little bit and stand up and shake one another's hands and greet one another. And uh, I, I started rambling on about, you know, how the Bible talks about greeting one another with a holy kiss, and um, and I noticed out of the corner of my eye in the in the congregation, a guy who's a, a missions partner of ours in um, in the South of France, and I noticed he was shaking folks by the hand, and some people were even hugging, and I said, well, the Bible talks about greeting one another with a holy kiss, and there's. Edward Davis from our, our missions partner in the south of France, and perhaps we could greet him with a French kiss. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as I said it, the whole place started to erupt from the front to the back. And it was um, really, really funny because um, I, immediately as I said it, I realised what I'd said. And some people were trying desperately not to laugh. And, you know, trying to look really serious like they didn't really get it, and other people were just completely hysterical. Oh, I love it. It was so embarrassing. (laughs) But you know, I'm known for it. And some people even sit on the front row and then they're waiting for what I'm gonna say next. Oh, I love it,
1: Deborah. Absolutely brilliant. (laughs) You have been wonderful. Thanks for sharing those memories with us. So how can people connect with you? How can people find out? Is it three books? Are you working on a fourth
0: now? I'm not, I'm not actually currently working on a book. I've probably got time with all this dreaded mm. COVID stuff that's going on. But I think sometimes when you face these times of, of crisis as we are as a nation, creativity can tend to dry up a little bit and something that I've been quite mindful of. So, but no, I I'd finished a third book last year, which is Mountain Moving Prayer which I've written about the experiences of over the last five years, really, some miracles that we've seen happen in our family and um, health miracles and financial miracles and sometimes where we've seen, you know, mountains haven't moved and it's just been tough. So it's a really honest book about great mountains that have moved and others that have taken a little bit more patience to see before you see any change come so yeah I've written that book and how people connect with us is we've got a website rock.uk.com rock is short for redeeming our communities and we've got um, a Twitter page we are rock and a Facebook page we're quite keen on social media we do a lot of social media stuff and it's just exciting to see you know, particularly for me as a Christian, that churches are getting more um, focused on serving their communities. Mm. And when we haven't been able to meet as much as we have in the past for regular Sunday gatherings, we've been able to get out and serve the community and use our time for those things, which is something I'm really passionate about.
1: Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, Deborah. I'll see you in a little chef for a glass of Prosecco sometime soon (laughs) when this is all over um thanks a million really appreciate it
0: you've been listening to the backstory podcast with steve leg and friends catch you next time